Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I got to admit, I had a little bit of an emotional moment this past weekend. I did have my first broadcast of the year at the Stanford home opener, but also just following the sport nationwide, I kind of just took a step back to realize how far we've come because we're only three weeks into the D1 season, but the journey has already really felt pretty good. It's like World Series moments in February and the passion that I've seen from the fans and people who follow the sport on social media and just even in the heat of debates, I can't help but think how cool it is that people even care this much. And I'll give you an example. Looking at the data for our show, I saw that episodes of this show have been downloaded by people in 37 different countries. I was mind blown. Like, how lucky are we? And there's still a long ways to go this year. So however you got here today, whether it was on an audio podcast platform like Apple, Spotify, et cetera, or you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't yet. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V as well. And by the way, did I mention that we have merch this season? It is official. In the link of our bio for at Believe in Softball on Twitter and Instagram, you can get straight to it. For those on video, you have a little little preview of one of them. And I'll leave that just for the exclusive on YouTube. But also, you can go to shop.believe.com, filter by softball in the sports section, and then boom, you're right there. There are three different shirts available. And I'll... The one thing I'll say is that the black one is the one that I showed on video, and I'll let you guys check it out from there. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll be covering our bases, give you some news and call-outs from around the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Cindy Ball Malone. And you all know her as the head coach of UCF softball. She also has ties to my hometown, so it's just this extra special sort of coast-to-coast connection. And I got to catch up with her before season And you know what? By the way, she's being inducted into the West Coast Conference Hall of Fame this weekend. No big deal. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And where I'm going to start today first is in the pro section of softball. The WPF Texas team details have been announced. Their name, Texas Smoke. And it is the first major league women's team located in Austin, Texas. And I feel like the barbecue at these games is just going to be fire. So we have that to look forward to. Also, head coach, friend of the show, Tori Tyson has been named. And she's one of only a handful of guests that we've had on the show more than once, actually. We had her on a panel back in season one. We had her just solo last year in season three. And so we all know she's the head coach at Howard. She's also the first coach of a pro 
fast pitch softball team to come from an HBCU, a historically black college or university. And she was actually an assistant as well in the Chicago Bandits in the NPF before Howard. And this makes three of the four head coaches in the WPF women, which is pretty cool. So we're coming off Black History Month in February. We're going into Women's History Month in March. This feels like a really cool, tangible way to celebrate, but also an example of how we can make an impact like this all the time. So second, speaking of February, the World Series is sort of what it felt like a little bit this past weekend. But then we saw OU beat UCLA 14 to nothing in five innings and hit six home runs, four in the same inning. Alex Soraka was incredible in the circle as well. The one thing that I want to point out here is, of course, we talked about last week, OU was going to use that loss to Baylor to learn from. And that's what they did. That's that championship mindset we talked about. But I would argue, actually, for UCLA that the number that they want to pay more attention to in terms of to work on it and and address it isn't necessarily 14, but the zero. Because they have some of the most potent bats in the country, and to not be able to score any runs, you have to score to win anyway. That is actually what I think will be the focus moving forward because we know they have the pitching staff that can make adjustments. Speaking of pitching, shout out to just the different matchups this weekend. And an example would be Oregon's Stevie Hansen had three ranked wins in the circle. First time she's Pac-12 Pitcher of the Week in her career, also D1 Softball Pitcher of the Week, pretty amazing. She went 4-0 with a 1.27 ERA, shut out Florida, only gave up one run to Northwestern, came in in relief and won against Mizzou, and she got out of a jam. And then she actually came in in relief against UC San Diego as well, just to end her weekend. And it just was cool to even see that someone even had the opportunity to get three ranked wins, like to play that many ranked teams and have those matchups are pretty awesome. And it's that postseason feel that I love. And even postseason feel because, you know, Monica Abbott threw out the first pitch at Mary Nutter. Like that sort of thing feels like it used to be reserved for maybe something like postseason or a huge conference game or something like that. And, you know, here we are. Monica Abbott did it in February. So that's pretty awesome. And then, of course, as we know, not just UCLA, but in general, undefeated teams got defeated. And we're just at the point in the season where people are going to lose games. Like when you play 60 games in a season, you're bound to drop one. Nobody's perfect. So this is when things start to actually shake out. So I want to say also one of those things is shout out to Fullerton's Hannah Becerra, who hit a walk-off against Florida. She had a couple home runs, actually. I'm calling her Familia because, you know, Becerra is a rare last name. Okay. And the OGs remember this. I had Taylor Becerra on in season one. She was an ASU third baseman. We call each other Prima, which means cousin in Spanish, because we don't know, maybe we are like distantly related. Who knows? So we now welcome Hannah to the family. But the thing about that too, is like, because Fullerton has had some of these ranked wins, people are like, oh man, I feel like they should be ranked. And there's a lot of conversation about the rankings. Fullerton, for example, also has some unranked losses. So it's, you have to balance those types of things out. But I want to make clear, too, just to anyone who might be a little bit newer, there are five major polls. Like, let's talk about what the rankings actually mean. The NFCA coaches poll is one. There's an ESPN slash USA softball poll, a D1 softball poll, Softball America, and extra inning softball. So those are kind of like the five main ones. Usually polls have committees, and those people on the committee submit their ballots, and they vote. And a lot of them are softball media outlets, like D1, Softball America, extra inning, Like then there's the coaches poll as well. And so we're seeing variants because there are different people voting for these things. So just keep that in mind as we're watching throughout the season and 
And keep in mind too, like which rankings are people referring to as well, because it's just something that can change. And then I will say third, Judy Garman is coming up next. Obviously, we know Hannah Becerra will be there. Duh. It's hosted by Fullerton. And I I actually remembered looking back on this, I was like, man, I played in, in Judy Garman every single year that I was in college. And it really was one of my favorite tournaments because for me, being from SoCal, a lot of my family got to come, like my aunts and uncles and cousins and even my great uncle at one point came to a game because it was in SoCal. So it was like really nice for me. And I had some old travel ball teammates too from down there that would come visit in that tournament. And it was just a lot of fun matchups too. I mean, and I did say this last week, I thought that my first collegiate home run was hit there and I looked it up and I was right. It was against Minnesota. So that's like a fun memory. And I just, again, I'm excited for these current players to get that big preseason tournament and these matchups under their belts. And it's something for us to keep an eye on. To bring it home, UCF will also be at Judy Garman. I mentioned head coach Cindy Ball Malone is getting inducted into the West Coast Conference Hall of Honor. Now, when we talked, because they're going to be in California, the plan was to just make a quick trip in between games to Vegas for the event so that she can be there for the induction. I hope she still can. And, you know, again, reiterating fun fact, she's from the 805 like me. So she's also today's guest. And let's head into the interview. She is the UCF head coach, 2022 extra inning softball national coach of the year, two-time All-American pitcher and Hall of Famer at University of the Pacific, new West Coast Conference Hall of Honor inductee and fellow Ventura County native, Cindy Ball Malone. Cindy, I'm really glad that we could figure this out and find a time to chat. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited to uh, just talk about the best sport out there. Oh, hands down. Not that we're biased or anything, but you know. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Well, I know we were chatting too a little bit about Camarillo because you played high school ball here. I've also had Jess Mendoza on the show. I I forgot to mention that earlier before we started recording. Um, But what I haven't told you yet is that when I first decided that I wanted to play softball, I actually went to a Camarillo High School game. I was like four or five maybe, and I saw all the girls playing, thought it was awesome, and I just turned to my dad and I was like, Daddy, I want to do that. And now looking back and doing the math, you and Jess were both likely playing in that game. Which is pretty cool. Full, yeah, full circle. I think, yeah, I think you got your age wrong. You're probably closer to like twelve or thirteen because I'm oh, not yeah. that old. So yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. My bad. That's on me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so fun. You were probably playing with my little brother and sister, if that's the case, because they were about the same age out there watching us. Awesome. So, yeah, that's fun. That's super cool. Yeah, it's I love. I mean, I, I'm excited to talk to you for many reasons, but I just love when there's like that personal connection too. It makes it even more fun. For sure. That's what's so cool about this sport too. All the connections. Even though it grows and it is growing so quickly, it is still kind of like a small world at the same time, which is, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's fun. But I have to ask you too, what beaches do you like better, California or Florida? I like the Florida beaches, especially on the West coast of Florida. I'm sorry, Callie. I know you're, you know, you'd never forget where you come from, but when you step into that warm water of, you know, the Gulf, like over by Sarasota or Clearwater, uh, it, nothing beats it. So, um, yeah, I'd have to go definitely with the West coast, 
even the East Coast, the waves are pretty big and it's a little cold, but it's nowhere near how cold it is in California. (laughs) You know, fair enough. At least it's still like the West Coast of Florida. Still West Coast, we'll take that. But when I lived in Connecticut um, a few years back, uh, I loved going to the Connecticut beaches and the New York beaches. Um, I actually, it was like the first time I had been in the Atlantic Ocean and it, I liked it too. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, nothing beats home, obviously, um, but it's just, there's, there's something different about it. And uh, yeah, when you walk into the, the Gulf and the water is like, just under bathtub warm, like it's just perfect and you could see everything. I just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That is gorgeous. I've been to Orlando a couple times. Didn't have a chance to go out to the beaches, but, um, would love to eventually. <laughs> you have to put it on your bucket list for sure. Yes. A hundred percent. I have Disney world on my bucket list too. So let me ask you that Disneyland or Disney world. Well, I haven't done all of the parks here at Disney World, and I have to admit, the last time I was at Disneyland was um, high school grad night, um, which again, not many years ago, 1998. So um, I know that Disneyland has really grown since then. But um, yeah, we just went recently with our three boys and... I like how you can hop park so easily here. So um, I think it's also cool. Just, I mean, they talk about traffic here, but it's nothing like Southern California traffic. So we can so easily in the afternoon, just go to a park. Um, and so we're, we're starting to think about annual passes and whatnot and just spending half the day there and, and whatnot. But I haven't checked out cars town and with three boys, mm. I know that that's big. So the next time we're in California, we need to take them there. Then I probably could give you a better um, evaluation of the two. That's fair. That's fair. I also had grad night at Disneyland, (laughs) which was really fun. I thought it was fun. But yeah, I need to try Disney World. I love Disney in general. So it's actually like sort of a crime that I haven't been out to (laughs) Disney World yet. Yeah, I hear the one park that I have not been to is actually the park that like you need to go to hmm. is um, Animal um, Animal Kingdom. So, oh, I've heard that too. That that's a yeah, good, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I I need to do that, and then I you know in Cars Town, and then get back to me on it, and I'll give you an answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, well, a lot of options, which is always a good thing. But I know that you were saying too, like we were figuring this out, so. You played high school ball in Camarillo. You had moved here, but you started in Simi Valley girls softball. For me, I played Camarillo girls softball in my rec ball days, and then I ended up playing at Westlake High School in Ventura County. So basically, though, this is still like a big 805 love fest, which which is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Can never forget the 805. <laughs> but then you went up to the Bay Area, too, which I can also relate to. Um, and going to Pacific with Brian Colsey, who, by the way, I, I love him. He's, I have a lot of respect for him. I was recruited by Pacific too. So I actually did get to visit and all that good stuff. And it was, it just seemed like it was a great fit for you. And I just would love to know, like, what do you think is it about that experience that just worked? Yeah. So, you know, looking back, um, we didn't realize like, even in those moments and in those days, I didn't realize what I truly had there. Um, as far as, you know, we had coach Colsey who, like you said, everyone knows him, loves him. Um, he's just such a, a, 
a great ambassador for our game advocate for the game and um, all the inner workings, like things that I can't, I can't even think to focus on because he's just so detailed in it. But then our assistant coach was Heather Tart, yeah. right? So you've got these two awesome coaches. Um, and at that year, it was only two. I mean, we only had two coaches the entire time um, when I was there. But what worked best for me, I think, is um, getting that that private education um, that was super important to me. I've, you know, school's always been, I'm a learner, um, has always just been way up on my list for me. Um, so getting that private education, kind of being a big fish in a small pond, um, you know, growing up and I'll say like being the biggest one and the tallest one all the time, um, I was, I, I wasn't very secure, you know, in mm. being that person. And so when I got to go, <laughs> be the big fish in the small pond and find out that it was actually a really cool thing. And you could go knock off some of these big teams with our small little team of 14 or 15 and the school of, I think it was 6,000 when you put all of the schools together um, was our enrollment. So it, it's truly where I learned to empower all of my strengths that others looked at as really cool things. And, um, and then just, meeting all the people that I got to meet, you know, learning the game through Coach Colsey and Coach Tar. Um, we got to work together with USA this past summer, and it was kind of like our reunion, you know, 20 years now of being together, but um, it felt like we had never been apart. So um, it's it's really brought me to, like, who I am, not only on the softball field, but just, you know, being able to be strong and resilient in, in everything that I do. And I even think about moments I learned there at Pacific and Stockton, California, that helped me raise these three little human beings um, on a daily basis. So, how freaking cool is that? Like you talked about your reunion with Heather Tarr and Colsey, but also you were an assistant coach with them after your playing career too, right? So it's like you reunited yeah. as coaches too. It, it, like that's so cool. We talked about like this small world that softball is, but that is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. I, it's crazy because though I'm, you know, on the coaching staff with them at those times, um, I think I'm still in my brain. They don't do this, but I, I think I'm still like the pitcher and the player, you know, on the team. And so um, it's funny how, you know, they'll they'll still parent me and I love it. Like I want them to do that. Right. And um, and I always look to to them for those things. So it's, it's fun to still, they, they still let me play if that, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, no, this past summer was awesome. And to be able to win the gold medal, um, the way we got to in Canada cup was, was fun stuff. It was a lot of fun memories created again. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is I don't know if maybe in, in certain circles, yes, but like more largely, if people really realize the coaching tree that was under Brian Colsey and has been over these years, I mean, it is insane. Like how many people have gone through that program and whether it played there and then also coached there and then sort of like learned the game and, and refined their chops and everything and then went on to do and still do amazing things. Like I think about you, I think about Gina Carbonato, who's also the head coach at Santa Clara. Um, mm -hmm. I think you both, you're the two that have your jerseys retired at UOP. We, is that right? Yes. Yes. Wow. You've got 
all your Pacific um, history lockdown. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it was it was really cool because I got to go visit. Like I said, I got to go to Stockton. I actually visited. I think it was an unofficial visit the same weekend that I visited Stanford, just doing like a Northern California trip. And um, at, at the time, speaking of coaching trees, the assistant coaches were Laura Severson, who was a Stanford alum. She was a pitcher. And then Michael Candrea, Mike Candrea's son. So mm-hmm. I got to meet that staff. Um, but then UOP was playing at Stanford that weekend, like the next day. So I had visited both. And then the next day they were playing each other. And I was like, I told my parents, where do I sit? <laughs> like I'm being recruited, you know, like what am I supposed to do? So I remember sitting exactly behind home plate just to make sure that like, you know, when coach Colsey waved and said, hello, I waved to him, coach Ritman, same thing. And it was, you know, totally neutral as possible, but I definitely did, you know, the research because, um, I, and I had obviously known that, that folks like you had gone through the program and, and seen success. Yeah, no, that's fun. Always battles against Stanford too. I'll tell you. Yeah, one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're in the Bay Area, so you play pretty much every year, play against each other. Like you played against Mendoza, right? Like all the time because of oh, that. Oh, yeah. Sometimes like four four times a year because we'd end up in the same regional every year too. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. But then now hearing that from your experience too, you're going to be in the West Coast Conference Hall of Honor. And you and Sam Fisher are also a Simi Valley product nice. who, who's been on the show. So she's around my age. So we played against each other, know each other for years. Um, but you both are the first softball players to be inducted. That's amazing. Yeah. When coach, when coach said that, when he called me and said that, I was like, wow, like that's, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously a, a unique experience for me because when I played at Pacific, we were in the big West. Um, but the WCC just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a strong conference and I love everything it stands for the academics and being able to compete on the field. But I always, before meeting Sam Fisher through USA, I would always follow her just cause she was a Simi Valley resident, you know, Nate, like, like you said, from Simi Valley. And so to be inducted in the same year, it's just, again, crazy how the circle um, kind of comes around in this sport and, you know, she's so fun and just bubbly and charismatic and also can play the game at a really high level. And so I think those people are the ones that just continue to make this game as awesome as, as it is. So it's, it's going to be fun to be able to be out there with her. Um, interesting. It's going to be an interesting weekend for us because we ironically play in California that weekend. So we're going to drive up in the middle of the night Um and be at the event in the morning and then fly back because we have games on Saturday night and Sunday or sorry, Friday night and Saturday night. So um, it's weird how it all worked out. Yeah. Well, meant to be, but also yes. sort of feels like that travel we're all used to from our whole lives. with softball, meaning like, of course, <laughs> of course you have to fly, you know, like in the middle, drive in the middle of the night and fly the next day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, but I'm looking forward to that and representing the 805, like you said, so it'll be yes. fun but to have two softball people for the first time. Well, they're, they're starting to get smart over there. I guess they're going to start to get more in there. <laughs> they're catching on. Apparently we exactly. already knew, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, I think it's cool to just see I, the thing about it too, is like with coaches, 
just because you're a really good player doesn't mean you'll be a good coach, you know? And so when I see someone like you had a lot of success in their playing career, but who can translate that to being a coach and being in that role, I, I really love to see that, you know, because then it's like our own are out there leading, leading our teams, you know? So, and obviously having that sort of training under Brian Colsey and with Heather Tarr and all that stuff is, is super helpful. And now you're building your own staff at UCF and have been for the last several years. And another guest of this show is joining or joined this year, which is Jen Salling. And so having an Olympian on the staff is super exciting, but just what do you feel like she brings specifically to this program that you're excited about this season? Well, she definitely brings, um, like we all kind of are on the same page because we had the same upbringing. Um, and what's neat is her upbringing came at a different time under Coach Tar than mine. So Coach Tar, even as a coach, has grown and developed. And I remember when I was on staff at Washington, she would do something. I'm like, dang, why didn't you do that with me when I played? You know, and she, she, I remember she said, Bear, can I not grow and get better? And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jen knows what I expect at the level that I expect it. Um, and, and that's the first thing that, you know, just having that, I don't want to say comfort cause I don't want you to think like, oh, we just settle and, and whatnot, but having that confidence and kind of that familiarity is really important, um, to just like tackle things and move on. Right. The thing that Jen brings that I'm more of like, let's do competitive skills. Let's get in it. Let's get after it. Jen is so deliberate at development. And it's something we need and I don't love, right? Like I know that we need the discipline part of it. I love development, but the everyday grind, like in the cages, I'd rather do that in the bullpen. Like I love, you know, the hitting side of things. I think I do a decent job of the way I see things, um, but I do not love the grind in the cages. Mm. And so that's, I think the biggest um, asset that we have outside of like when she's on the field, her eye of seeing, you know, what's being thrown. Like it's, it's very, we're, we see things very eye to eye and it's, you know, again, it's like the communication without even having to talk. Um, And then she challenges us. Like, I'll be like, Oh, we're going to let that one slide. And I've learned through my time of like, we can't harp on everything. We got to let them play, you know? And she'll remind me of like, Hey, remember we're focusing on this. I'm like, okay, yep. So even that discipline as a coach of um, making sure we're doing the little things, right? But I think we've gotten where we've gotten at this point with UCF because we've been that super competitive team. Mm. And so that's my big strength is like get out there and fight with whatever you have, you know, and if we have this amount of players or this amount of pitchers and we're going to go fight these big, you know, battles against, people that have more equipment and more things, um, then fine, we've got to be resilient. She's going to bring that that education curriculum piece that now is going to kind of put us push us through um, even the historical marks that we made last year. Yeah. Well, that's the, the tricky part too, is when you reach a new height, which is always the goal, right? But when you do that, like you did in 2022, it's like hosted the first regional, went to super regionals, did all these things, won the conference, the tournament and regular season, all that stuff. 
it's, it's one of those things where you try to keep what works, but you also try to move forward at the same time. Right. And no two teams are the same just because last year's team did something specific. Doesn't like this year's a new team. So how do you kind of balance those things? You know, Tyler talks about that. Our assistant, Tyler Heil, talks about that a lot of, you know, there's coaches out there. And that's what's really cool about our entire staff, Um, you know, from our volunteer coach to our director of ops to our GA, you know, Shannon Sale. So we've got Kaya Gibson, Shannon Sale, Adam Darusha, Tyler, and um, Tyler Heil, and then Jen Salling. Um, so all of us have all these different experiences, but a lot of success. And everyone keeps going back to like, there's coaches that, that have been out there and said, like, we tried to, you know, keep up with the Joneses, if you will. And we get to this point and now we need to get better and now we need to get better. But I, I think through experience, we can still have the same type of recruits that we continue to keep recruiting. Um, and they gain more just through being there and having that experience. Um, but we're not stagnant, right? So we continue to add a little bit here, implement a little bit there, um, but still really stay, stick to our foundation, you know, our core values, our culture. Um, I'm not going to go away from that. Like coaching up our culture is super important to me. Um, it's also what allows me to stay sane as a mother and a head coach of this program. Um, because, you know, I'll, I'll say like, we're going to take a couple days off. You, you probably need it. I definitely need it. Cause I'm again, you know, my, my three little guys that get to share mommy with our 25 women here, um, need me. And so the, this program has allowed for that. Um, and, and I think that that's really special, but we're always reminding each other of like, this works doesn't mean you have to change it. You can add some stuff, but keep your foundation. Yeah. And I would imagine that that applies in terms of your just coaching approach, meaning you had a contract extension again. Congratulations, by the way, like restructured, extended, all that good stuff. And, you know, that's got to be a good feeling. But it's is it this weird in between? Like, do you feel more of a sense of like sort of accomplishment, like you can relax a bit or maybe that, oh, actually, there's a little bit more pressure because we're just getting started and there's so much more to come. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to, I think we were in a meeting and I said, look, like you might think things got a little easier. It's actually harder. I have less time these days. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I'm kind of in that, I don't know what they talk about, like a midlife crisis. It's not that, <laughs> but I'm like in this thing of, well, I've always had these new teams where I've blended my players and the previous players. And like, we come up with this like really cool spaghetti sauce or, you know, so to speak. And so now moving forward, like this is the team I recruited. I'm like, well, I've never been here before. Um, And so I start, you know, playing that game in my head, like our athletes do of making situations occur when they shouldn't, or, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I am very mindful of, we're going to stick to who we are. We're going to, you know, we're, it's not going to get too big for us. Like, I, I envision, okay, well, I'm, we're at the World Series. What am I going to be like at the interviews? Because those coaches look so, like, cool and calm. I'm going to still be my crazy bear, stel- bear yeah. self. Like, I'm going to literally be that genuine crazy mom that says funny things, uses a lot of words to say one thing when they could just come up with this really big word. <laughs> uh, 
and that's just going to be me. And I, um, and I think that's what allows our athletes to feel like that as well is I'm, I'm okay being vulnerable in front of them. Um, and you know, I need them every day because that's my confidence too. So yes, the contract is awesome. I'm very thankful and grateful. Um, you know, the support that RAD Terry Mohajer and Abby Wilson, our SWA has given to us and they show how important softball is here. Um, along with the community, night nation is amazing. Like I, I do have to be very mindful. Like I could go out on a Sunday with my hair in a messy bun and, you know, these, I don't know, crazy foot flops or whatever. And this, this has happened. And I go out to Costco and everyone's like, coach, great year, coach, great year. And I'm like, oh gosh, why am I here like this? This is embarrassing, <laughs> right? And then I thought, no, be you. They're not looking at that. They just want to tell us that, you know, they want to celebrate us. Um, a couple years ago, they didn't know I was the softball coach. And so it's, it's really cool how everyone supports the game. And I mean, our fall games, we had no seats available in our fall games. We didn't even really announce them. Um, it's just cool to see it all coming around. And, you know, again, we're going to be that team that's fun to watch. So probably went around your question a lot there, but um, that shows you again, that I think about all those things and then I'll come up with it and just be like, just be you. And that's what I learned going back to Pacific, just be you, you know? So. Well, and it's, it's important. I think it's easy for us to forget that coaches are, are humans, like (laughs) are people, um, especially like you said, you're like, wait, coach tar, how, how come you didn't do this for me? It's like, well, I evolved too, <laughs> you know, just like the players do. Right. And I, I've, that's sort of like the gist that I'm getting from you is that being yourself and then letting yourself evolve, but then having some fun while you do it too. I have seen some like funny things that like the team has done. You guys seem like you're having fun. I think, what was it? I saw like a pose challenge where all the coaches were reenacting like the players, Instagram photos and on TikTok and stuff. And it was hilarious. Like, I, I think that element is so important. It It is fun. I would say that, <clears throat> excuse me, our uh, two men on staff, Tyler Heil and Adam Jerusha, are probably the stars of those TikToks. <laughs> um, they definitely go out of their comfort zone and um, do whatever, you know, is required for the, to help the, the ball club. But um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it, it allows us to be young. I mean, I learned different phrases, you know, we're in the bullpen and I'll hear something on the radio. I'm like, is this bad? What we're listening to? What does this mean? And they say, you know, look it up on, on a urban dictionary. <laughs> and literally one of the, I forget what the phrase was, but it's basically like you're succeeding, you're going. And then the, the de- definition said, if you're looking this up, you're not doing this. And I was like, oh. well, okay. <laughs> So I guess we can listen to that song, guys. But um, yeah, I just, again, in order to do it, you got to really like the people that you're around. Um, There is losing and failure in our game. I mean, we've won a lot, but we still, I remember we were like 30 and seven last year and everyone's like, we feel like it's seven and 30. And I said, well, all right, I'm feeling that too. So like, let's look back. Why are we feeling that way? Well, we want to be better. We want to keep competing and, you know, put that pressure on ourselves and, um, so we, we definitely have to, you know, be loose and lighten up and celebrate s- certain things. And I got to be goofy in front of them. And um, I used to be embarrassed by that, you know, and, and now I'm like, well, they like it. They like that I'm a human being. So let's go for it. 
Um, you know, there are some things like I can't pull the tarp anymore. They won't let me because I've literally <laughs> fallen like four times. Like every time I like want to get out there and hustle with them and I'll pull the tarp and my, my, you know, I say it's cause I'm so strong and I was pulling hard, but like my, uh, thing that I was pulling ripped and I go flying <laughs> and it was like slow motion, but yeah, every time they're like, no coach bear, you sit, you sit back, you sit back and look pretty. And I'm like, all right, I'll work hard at doing that. <laughs> The tarp is no joke, though. Like, it was a science. It was an art. I actually, to this day, if there's a rain delay or whatever, and if I'm calling a game, will somewhat judge, like, the host team's tarping abilities. (laughs) 100%. Especially when, you know, you're in NorCal or even, you know, the Northwest where we would see it and we could do it. Like you said, it's a science and we'd have it down in, like, two minutes and 32 seconds is when we would get our tarp out. Yeah. Um, over here, we had to learn a little bit. Uh, we do get rain, but I mean, we're outside every single day. So, right. Um, yeah, but I think I should probably blame the others that they just weren't moving as fast as me. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. You're too strong and you're too fast. That's the, the bottom line. I'm not fast. I'm not fast. <laughs> My brain, but <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other part that I've really gotten in terms of the essence of what your culture seems like from an outsider's perspective is this element of fun, but also just this element of what's possible. It's so easy for us to talk about what seems like is impossible or like, oh, we can't do that. But I feel like you, you and your program focus a lot on what is possible. Why is Mm -hmm. that important to you? I think my family's just taught me that. You know, um, you you talk about being in Ventura County, like my entire family, minus my sister and I are in Simi Valley still, like grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle. And they, you know, they're still tight niched and together. And they allowed me to just like, go do this thing, right? Be the first to leave home, like completely away, go to school, go to grad school, be the first to do all of those things. And they would just constantly support me and make sure that I was still included in all of those family things. But I missed everything. I missed birthdays. I missed holidays. I still do to this day. Like my kids will make things for them and I'm, you know, off recruiting or whatnot. So um, I think that's really, you know, started it. And then it's just these really amazing women that come together and actually like, when you talk about leading, like leading is literally having people follow you, right? Like people want to say like leading is this leading. It's literally people following you. That means that you're leading, right? And Mm. there's more to go into it, but these awesome women just, you know, they'll hear me say something and they'll buy in. And it's, I mean, they make me want to be the best version of myself. Like they keep me on my toes because I'm like, all right, they're doing this, they're doing this. It's working. Like, shoot, I got to find more. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's the biggest thing. And they say they want it. Like after last year, I said, all right, you know, we did some amazing things like, you know, I hate using this term, but like a non power five. I'm not going to say it. So I'll say non power five program hosted a regional three schools in the state of Florida for the first time ever hosted a regional. Right. And then uh, we make it to super regionals and, you know, I think too, like that's tough that, you know, the, the opponent that we face, like if it was another opponent, people say like, well, what if, and I'm like, yeah, well, what if, but we hadn't been there. 
So we didn't know what it looked like. We didn't know what it felt like. You know, we didn't know what the atmosphere was going to be like. And now we know. And our women said, well, we want to host supers now. I was like, well, we could just do what we did last year. You know, you just listed off all the things we did. And I'm like, well, I forgot we did all that stuff. That was a lot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, really, like we sat back and like, you look at all of the accomplishments. Holy cow. And they said, no, we want more. And I said, okay, like I can do that. I can coach either way, you know? Um, And so the fact that they wanted more was like, wow, you know, they want it. And so they make what's possible. Like I may come up with a plan, but they execute it. Right. Our staff may come up with the plan together, but again, those incredible women execute it. And, um, they just allow me to, you know, be able to lead. And it's a really cool feeling, awesome feeling. And they'll also tell me when like, oh, remember you said this, or, you know, they keep me on my toes and they definitely hold me accountable. Um, and then they remind me to be a human being too. So mm. yeah, it's what's possible now um, is turning it into a reality. And that's what this year is all about. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you touched on something too, which is like, I don't like to say, I know what word you were thinking. And I think people have sort of, and I'll say it just once for the listeners to understand what we're talking about. And then we can leave it in the desk, but Mm mid-majors. And some people have kind of said, yes, UCF is sort of like bearing the flag and leading the charge for that part of college softball. But the what's possible piece like that entire thing is just about how that doesn't really matter to a certain degree. Um, And so now though, that you guys are also going to be moving into the big 12, which will be a power five conference. Are you thinking about those types of things or are you really trying to more just like let it go and not think about it too much? Yeah. So in my role, I have to have that, you know, vision ahead Um, And still try to remember to, you know, be where my feet are. Mm -hmm. So this year um, is an opportunity, our last opportunity to win an American conference. Right. And so that's how Mm -hmm. our team has talked about it is look like I could be the first team to have the last opportunity to win, Mm -hmm. win an American conference championship. Um, Moving forward into the big 12, we're going to be who we are. Right. We're going to continue to do that. I think the the struggle will come with now of, um, you know, and, and even will come this year. We're going to have it like people underestimated sometimes us sometimes last year. Yeah. And so what we talk about a lot is like, hey, like you're going to get everyone's a game because that's what happens. You know, like a midweek will occur and you're playing against a team that, you know, we maybe like on paper, you're supposed to, you know, beat them. Well, those guys are like, we have nothing to lose. Let's go for it. Right. They have no fear at all. And, um, and so those are the battles that you're going to have and are going to occur. And still, I, I love this, but those people out there that are not a part of night nation, they do not want to UCF. They do not want to see UCF succeed. And I love that because we are definitely the disruptors. We continue to disrupt whatever, you know, that thought is, um, as, as in a whole athletic department. Um, and so I love that, 
you know, that, that keeps our like blue collar um, kind of underdog still alive because I think that's what, who we are. And mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that, but I, you know, we're, we're going to still have, I guess that respect, if you will, um, as we continue to keep moving this thing forward and move into the big 12, really excited for the big 12. Um, you know, just as far as like the, the places we'll play, um, the opponents that we'll play against. And, but again, I look at our schedule. I'm like, well, our schedule is pretty tough all the time. So I, I'm hoping it'll be a good transition. Yeah. Your 2023 schedule is no joke. That is for sure. <laughs> Very impressed. What is it like over 20 games against like power five schools anyway? Like if we're going to mm-hmm. be using labels, you know, like that is, but that's to your point, like you said it earlier, this sort of one of the defining things about the program is like being competitive like that. Mm-hmm. Like you want the challenge. And it's interesting, like you also said, you touched on it, which I think is is really important. This element of like, being that disruptor, maybe even the underdog and and sort of using that chip on your shoulder, but then also now having to deal with, but we also have a target on our back a little bit. And so this is such an interesting place to be. So those are the new challenges then that come as you still grow and grow and go further and further. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's just a little reminder, right? <laughs> we talk about, I don't know, our girls talked about it the other day. Like I'll typically tell the story of like who stole your bike, right? And no, that team over there stole your bike. And then the next week, nope, I think it's that team. But coach, you told us it was this team. <laughs> no, I think it's this team now. Um, and so I normally tell that story to the team um, every couple of years. And one of our players told that story. And I was like, whoa, okay, I got to up my game, man. They're taking my, you know, they're taking my content. Um <laughs> So, so it's, I think that is the, the real difference is, you know, the people coming in, like they're, I I hate to use the word groomed, but they're, they're being groomed because our program and our women in it are like so connected to what our culture is. And so they talk to, you know, the, the newcomers that are coming in when they're here on their official visits, they all become these like sisters and best friends. And, you know, they're, they're asking them all like, what's going on this, this time? Wait, what's the conditioning test? What's this? Right. And so they've, they're all getting that information prior to coming in. And um, I think that's a big part of growing this system as well. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you've mentioned this a couple of times. You've referred to yourself as coach bear. Yes. And for just our audience, can you explain where did, where did bear come from? So when I was probably like 11, 12, playing in the Simi Girls softball, um, which my niece now plays in, so I think it's really awesome. Like they're going to have a another another family member coming through there. But um, they always used to call me the teddy bear, right? And again, I tell you, like I was this big, just like this big gentle giant, and I didn't. I would I would be aggressive in some ways, but always afraid to hurt people because I was literally bigger than everyone. Mm. Um, And I didn't learn how to embrace that until later. Right. But then in travel ball, I played for the SoCal choppers, um, Gary and Dean Fawcett. And um, I used to travel with them. So I had my younger brother and sister. My parents couldn't always go to all of the events. And they used to have, when I played on the choppers, we were this like bright green teal color and yellow. Right. Oh, so okay. 
Yep. Yep. Exactly. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> they have really nice colors now, but um, yeah. So they had this like bright greenish tealish suburban and we would hop in the back of it. And so after games, like I would hop in the far back and I would pass out and I don't even remember leaving the parking lot and they would say, you know, you hibernate like a darn bear. And so then from there on, I was always bear. Right. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, go to college. They won't call me bear anymore. Cause you know, what girl wants to be called bear? Like you think like, <laughs> right. So get to college. Well, of course there's a tie between Colsey and coach tar and all the choppers that used to play up and even the pirates before that, that played up at Washington. So coach tar knew all these people. So she goes out and recruits one weekend. Like I had a whole month, right. Of being called Cindy and baller was my Cindy baller. Love it. And then, yeah, she goes recruiting and all of a sudden she's like, Hey bear. I was like, Oh man, and I, <laughs> there it goes again. Right. So then fast forward to my coaching career and I'm a junior college coach and I'm like, Nope, they're going to call me coach. That's, you know, that's my name. Coach Tar calls me up, says, Hey, we want you to come coach at Washington, get up there, introduces me to the team for the first time. This is coach bear. <laughs> I cannot get away from it. Right. <laughs> so she introduces me to recruits that way, coaches that way, every, you know, all that. So I was like, all right, let's go with it. And now I don't answer to anything else. So literally, yeah. you know, our new AD, when he got here, um, I think he called me Coach Ball Malone. And I was like, nah, you just call me Bear. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't Ball Malone. And even if you just say like my actual legal name, Malone, I'm not going to turn around. So um, I've embraced it. I love it. That's what I call, answer to now. And I think they like it too. You know, it's I'm, – I'm just – a fun, fun bear or an angry bear. They call me mama bear. They, they add some stuff to it all the time. So. I love that about sports, like the nicknames. <laughs> and It's extremely rare for any of my old teammates, especially in college to call them by their first name. Like that's weird. You know, yeah. <laughs> like their actual, like yeah. given name. Who does that? Like for me, everyone calls me JB. So I was going to ask you what your nickname was. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's JB. And, and that started like before college, but lasted into college as well. And it first started because there was another Jenna on my team. And so mm -hmm. it was just JB. And then they just started calling me that in college. And I had a necklace with my initials on it too. So that probably contributed to it. But I remember um, when Stanford was recruiting me, Coach Rittman had asked my travel ball coach at the time, which I played for the Raiders for Phil Bruder. He was like, uh -huh. can I, can I see, Jenna Becerra pitch. And Phil was like, who? <laughs> and he was like, Jenna Becerra. And, and it took him a minute. And he was like, oh, JB, you mean JB. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put her in or whatever. <laughs> and it's just anyway. So hearing you talk about, about bear and, and where that came from, like, I just kind of love that sort of stuff in sports. Yeah. Yeah. I think Phil's coaching out here now. Is he? he I was is, just talking to people wondering, I'm like, what's he doing these days? Yeah, I yeah. think he's got a 14 under team or something out here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to call him up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the thing with the bear nickname though, is I know you said the, where it came from was more so that you were like gentle and you fall asleep, mm -hmm. all that stuff. But I feel like bears can be fierce when they have to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you were a pitcher, right? And I think that mindset's important. And I actually, this reminds me of a quote that I saw 
that you have said before, I think recently at an NFCA coaches clinic, you said pitchers are our queens. We want our pitchers to be empowered, confident, bold, humble, purposeful, and so much more. It's not easy being the queen. And I thought that was really well said, but also interesting because you said confident and humble in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you be all of those things at once? It's tough. You know, there's some out there that can do it, though. But, you know, you want that that uh, and you might have to bleep some of this out, but um, you want that pitcher on them in the circle that's, you know, got some piss and vinegar, you know, and is ready to go, you know, throw some bows. But then that pitcher that requires some of those high maintenance things, but also realizes she's nobody without mm. her nights. Right. And so that's that whole thing. And, and they, we have them on our team um, currently. Um, and I'll say some of the best pitchers out there that I even got to experience with USA, um, they exude those things as well. And so it kind of like in my head, I'm like, okay, it, it exists. Cause I've, I've seen it. I've, you know, we've gone with it and we kind of combined everything. Um, gosh, what's that darn show on Netflix that everyone's watching with the queen. And I, I can't even think of what the it was crown? called. Uh, not the crown, but it was, it'll come to me. Okay. But then we're nights and I was thinking like, you know, they've, they've been talking about this show. Um, and we, you know, I even watched it and I cannot think of it. It's not, it doesn't have the queen or the crown in it. Um, but it's, it's definitely back in that time. And so our girls loved it, especially our pitchers in the bullpen. And so graduating our, you know, our two seniors that did so well and through the majority of our innings, all right, we're going to surround it around the queen, right? Like the queen is the, the pitching staff. Um, we actually had like a queen piece on, I could probably show you the front of our cover, but I don't know if it's going to show well, but so. Yeah. Oh yeah. The chess pieces, everyone on video will be able to see this. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and this is like kind of what we're about. So the queen has all of our pitchers numbers in it. And then all of the knights are protecting it. And I had to do some research on like who protects the queen, who moves, dada, you know, this right. way and that way. And if I'm not mistaken, the queen can move in a lot of directions. The king maybe can't as much. Correct. So we were also saying like, that's why the queen is better. Obviously. Um, <laughs> right. And so we were kind of tying all of those things together. Um, cause we like to have fun with that creativity of like, what's going to be, you know, the mantra of the year. Um, but really like if we're scoring runs, we're keeping the, our queen in the dugout as long as we can, we're protecting them on defense. Like that's the name of the game. Right. And so last year, I think it was more around like the Queens just did their thing and we expected it this year. Um, we're really making it about, you know, protecting them, but, you know, then I bring all of our pitchers in and I'm like, hey, here's the deal. And we did this whole thing of like all the characteristics of a queen, like you said, and it's not going to be easy. Like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll you know, puff like puffy pump you guys up out there. But when you're in here, um, the queen is freaking tough and you've, you've got to understand it. It's a hard job. It's not just, you know, you're hot. Let me, you know, fan you and give you some water, you know. And I said, those are princesses we're queens. Mm. So that's an important distinction. Go. That's a really yeah. important distinction. What is it the, that they say heavy is the head that wears the crown too, right? Cause yeah. there's a lot of responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I love that. 
I like that a lot. Well, I, this is the part that I don't like where I'm like, oh, well now I have to wrap up, but I don't want to. (laughs) I know this was such a fun time. Just a conversation about awesome people and like the best sport again out there. Yes. Always the best sport. Also, I'm Mm -hmm. glad to hear you say that because that's the goal. I just want this to be fun for all of Mm -hmm. us, the listeners, you and I, everyone, it's just supposed to be fun. So I'm glad that it was. And to wrap up, I play a game with everyone who comes on the show. It's called Safer Out. It's basically I'll, I'll bring something up, a topic, and if you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you'll call it out. Okay. That makes sense. So you're an umpire, basically. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. First one is super conferences, safer out. I don't know enough about this. Um, this is where... So give me more definition of it. Is it like we're going to go to like two conferences and we're splitting up and... Yeah, more realistically, yes. It's like we have less and less conferences. They're really big divisions, all that good stuff. I'm not saying I'm not against some of the ideas, but an old bear does not like change, so... (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, first one's out. Makes sense. So the second one is pitchers having six plus pitches. Uh. I had a feeling. Out of there. Any, it's funny because any pitcher you talk to, mm-hmm. especially like if they've competed at a high level, that's what they say. They're like, no, you mm-hmm. don't. That's not what you need. Mm-hmm. But other people are like, yeah, you know, she throws six, seven pitches. And you're like, what? I don't, anyway. Okay. Not enough room on the call card for all those things. <laughs> yeah. Alone, you can't hit them all. So, you know, you can't throw your spot. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do, What would you say – is most important as a pitcher then like it's not necessarily having all these different pitches is it location is it changing speeds like what do you think number one is so number one i think is depending on your pitcher right so you have like velocity command deception um and movement right and then the other the other piece is that mentality Mm -hmm. i'll take mentality and like over a lot of things at times um Velocity is great, but if you can't spot it up eh. and movement is awesome. But again, if you don't have the command with it. Um, So we, we typically, I would say my number one thing is knowing what pitcher you are and really mastering two to three of those absolutes that I just talked about. Yeah. You know, I like that answer for multiple reasons, but it's not a cookie cutter answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause so many times it's so easy to try to like generalize, you know, and I think that I like how that's tailored based on the person. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So we have two outs now. Mm-hmm. Third one is NIL, name image likeness. Safer out. Safe. Safe. Okay, that Love was a quick answer. American represented. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it. you said cuz I am curious you were like old bear doesn't like change or whatever, but yeah. that, and that's change. It it is, and I would say if you asked me a couple years ago, I'd have been like, eh, "No, out," but um, just watching how our, like, I was worried about they're going to take any money that's thrown at them. Mm. Right. And so then they're going to, um, represent things that they don't truly represent. Um, you know, how are they going to exploit our women? Right? right. Because that's typically what it is. And it is so cool to see how, um, some of our athletes have just been like, no, I'm not going to do that one. That's crazy. Like, I don't even believe in that. And I was like, yeah, but it's a lot of money. Well, no, I'm, I don't believe in that. So I, 
I think it's made them grow up. I think it's made them understand like responsibility um, too. You know, they'll say, well, they're going to cut me if I don't post this many. Well, that's what's required. So that's what you need to do. Mm. So it's actually helped us. Um, and I, the other thing that I think is really cool is some of our athletes have um, tried to like help other athletes on the team. So, you know, like we're going to get a team deal out of somebody's, you know, individual deal. I don't, I don't, we have a person that handles all of that. Yeah. But when I just heard that, I was like, <laughs> funny, speaking of that person, she's calling me right now. Um, <laughs> um, she, uh, yeah, she went out and like wanted to help her entire team. So it's, uh, they're not just looking out for themselves, which is really cool. That is really cool. And I think maybe a testament to just the kind of people that love the sport and play this sport. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's best sport. And that's yeah. an example of why. Yeah. I, I know that it's hurting some other sports and it's like the driving force in some other sports. And I'm assuming softball will get there. And maybe in a couple more years, I might have a different stance on it. But I mean, again, I think we can't stop the way things are kind of moving and going. And so why not learn about it and make it, you know, a positive thing? So, right. All right. Last one. And then I'll let you make that phone call, which is (laughs) that flips safer out safe. Really? Yeah, I know. Well, that's the, you know, I'm not just a pitcher, but true. um, Two way. I don't, I don't know that I would say safe back in the day. Um, But uh, one of our, well, everyone knows our bat flip queen, Shannon Doherty. Um, is literally the most humble servant leader on our team. Mm. And when she goes big, she celebrates. I can't get mad at that. Right. Right. Um, And I know like I definitely turned into a mama bear with all those responses to Twitter. And, and I was like, I'm going to respond to every single one of these. And, you know, my PR guy, my husband says, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, but I, I think uh, I saw something before where they talk about passion and how it's okay to show passion because they don't talk about it with men. So why do you know? Yeah. Why do we need to talk about it with women? Like we well, should be able to show that just as much. The way you just described it too is, it doesn't sound like she's bat flipping for herself. She's bat flipping for what was done for the team. It happened oh, to be yeah. her. Right. But like that's, and I think, I feel like that's an important distinction in all of this as well. Oh no. Very true. She's not bat flipping every hit that she has or, you right. know, it's, it's the ones where it's like, okay, we just want a game walk off. Right. That's a big um, deal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I know there are other women that have done it in the game. Um, and I know that people look, you know, poorly against it, but I think we should be celebrating our women being able to do some cool things and not differentiate. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very fair. Celebrating women. Always a good thing. Always. I think we agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Cindy. This was super fun. I mean, if, if you would have asked me when I was a kid, if I'd be having this conversation with you while I'm in Camarillo uh, visiting family and I can look at Camarillo high school right now, I wouldn't have believed you, but this has been a really cool, just sort of full circle moment. And I'm excited for um, the 2023 season for all that you guys will do. Yeah. Thank you. And likewise on all of it, thanks for bringing a little piece of home uh, back over here to the East coast. 
Always happy to. <laughs> How cool is Cindy? Like, she's just been on my list for a long time for a lot of reasons. And I think this conversation is a great example of why I love doing this. It just feels like time well spent to help tell these stories. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about what could go right. You know, we heard Cindy talk about how she and the UCF program like to think about what's possible. You know, anything can happen. And I want to reinforce that because I actually needed this reminder lately. I'm naturally an anxious person who tends to overanalyze. And that means that I might overanalyze what can go wrong and how I could fail. But to be honest with you, I've failed way more when I think that way versus when I think about what can go right. You know, someone's going to get a hit. Someone's going to make a great call on a broadcast. Why not me? That's what Baylor said when they beat OU, right? Like, why not us? So it's sort of that cup half full versus half empty concept as well. It's just thinking about like, what are the tools that you do have to reach your goal in the moment? And, you know, manifestation is real, right? We've talked about that before. The WPF commissioner, Lauren Chamberlain, even said it when the Texas Smoke team was announced. They're like, she was like, yeah, me and Tori Tyson spoke this into existence for this organization. So it's about visualization too, like literally imagining yourself being successful or accomplishing your goal to help it come to fruition because you are what you think. If you think about succeeding, you're more likely to succeed. If you think about failing, you're more likely to fail. Like that is how it works. And I'll say I did not visualize enough when I played in college, but I do remember my teammate, Missy Penna. She was a senior when I was a freshman. She would be visualizing her pitches before games, sometimes in the corner of the dugout with her eyes closed. I didn't understand what she was doing at first, but she was visualizing. And she would especially talk about like doing that with the changeup because she used to tell me, you know, this one's tricky. This one takes a lot of concentration. So she would visualize herself executing it well. And you know what? She was one of the best pitchers I ever played with. And her changeup when it was on was devastating. So must have worked. So that's it. Think about what could go right. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com and on YouTube. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. Thank you for being here and catch us soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.